Big Fluff. And that's the drunk tank. And this is Mommy's desk. Mom, I know your intentions are good, but aren't the police a protective force that maintains the status quo for the wealthy elites? Don't you think we ought to attack the roots of social problems instead of jamming people into overcrowded prisons? Look, Lisa. It's McGriff, the crime dog. Hello, Lisa. Help me bite crime. Ruff, ruff. Hobo Radio, the official podcast of HoboTrashCan.com. You can share your thoughts on the show anytime by emailing Joel at Murphy's Law at HoboTrashCan.com. This is Isaiah Whitlock, Jr. You're listening to Hobo Radio. And now, here's Joel... And Lars. And Lars. Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And with me, once again, Lars Periwinkle. Hey, everybody. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. Actually, it's going okay. Yeah. It's just going okay. Isn't it still like we're still programmed to do that, right? Like I still do that too of like anytime anyone asks how you're doing, you're just like, oh, good. And then they're like, oh, that's great. And then you talk to the, like if they're actually like a friend that you want to know, then you immediately just start talking about all the terrible stuff in the world. (laughs) But like you still have that like uh, reaction to be like, oh, it's great. Everything's great all the time. Uh, But uh, speaking of the world being... (laughs) terrible uh so we didn't do a show last week uh a lot has happened uh since the last time we did a show uh i we are ill-equipped to talk about anything you could argue uh of substance certainly but i do feel like we should take a moment at the the top of the show to reflect uh the that the you know i don't know what's going on like the conversations that are happening why we didn't do a show uh last week all that things are those things that we should yeah sure yeah no you um we you and i had a a very long and frank conversation last week about what the fuck would we talk about like what the fuck would we even talk about yeah what would we talk about like this show uh at its best is superfluous uh, yeah, yeah. and uh you know a lot of places are going oh, dark. by the way thank you so much for listening yeah thank you for listening i hope that we provide you solace somehow uh yes. but you know like a lot of uh other podcasts are doing this a lot of websites are doing this we kind of went dark last week to hopefully uh let more important voices uh shine through uh yeah that hopefully uh people with important things to say could say them and be heard and not have people's social media feeds filled up with like our thoughts on uh pants yeah totally i think between um i don't know between march and now we're currently in june a lot of things have happened and i think last week when you and i spoke we both kind of decided you know i 
I just can't pretend things are normal anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. There's just, there's just the, fa- the facade has been burnt to the ground. Yeah. It has been shoveled over with shit and it, the earth has been salted and there, we just can't do it. Yeah. And I think there, there's a tricky thing uh, that you've always kind of been the, the guiding voice on this in terms of like an ethos for our show has been to try to just like it's pop culture. Like we talk about current events, but like we don't really talk much about politics like that because it's just not the design of the show it's more like movies and tv and silly stuff but increasingly and especially within the past couple of weeks like Mm. it's it feels beyond politics to sort of like yeah uh it's either like at this point it's a cartoonish line of either the good people and the bad people uh (laughs) and there are bad people calling for uh terrible things and uh good people saying uh things that should not be controversial but that are viewed as controversial by terrible people and viewed as being political uh which are things that include uh statements like black lives matter or like that trans women are people you know that trans people exist uh and just because you wrote a wizard book doesn't mean that you get to invalidate their existence. What the fuck, man? I, yeah, I mean, we we can maybe spend some time uh, talking about just kidding, rallying later in the show. Yeah, Christ Almighty! But uh, if any if anyone would ever benefit from keeping their goddamn mouth shut, just <laughs> you know, I don't know why you got tired of the money train rolling in. Yeah, and- for real. I'm yeah, yeah, but you're right. The money's great, but I'd rather give it all up so that everyone could hear my terrible opinions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so there's there's all of that, but also just yeah, like the the political, you know, I said political, but the the moment in history that we are in that does feel like a moment in history that like, you know, will end up on some 10th graders test at some point where uh, you know, like things you know, people are taking to the streets. People are protesting. It feels different this time, but maybe that's yeah. willful uh, uh, naiveness on my part. You know, but like it feels like it's possible that things could change. I mean, Minneapolis voted to defund their police department. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's interesting stuff that's happening. Yeah, yeah, it it, it feels different this time, but also, <clears throat> um. Um, also, the world is completely different when when this shit went down this time, and I think the the qualifier both you and I are using of this time it tell it tells you all you need to know of like it just it, it's happening over and over and now and now this is happening and i I think there were just i think there were just so many so many moments throughout the past uh, honestly. Without exaggeration, if you look at the history books within the last 100 years that we know of, uh, for for things like this to change, and they they weren't taken advantage of, and now here we are, and that really sucks for a lot of people. And um, you know, I just hey, you know, yeah. I've been I, I I've always been. Um, a little cagey about my political beliefs in here. I will continue to be, but I firmly stand in the corner of, if you don't like some shit, go out and fight for some shit you want. Go get it. Yeah. I mean, look, we don't talk about a lot. Lars continues to vote for Ralph Nader in every election. Write him in. I will (laughs) write him in. Um, No, but uh, 
yeah, I, I, I may be a little bit more open with my political beliefs. Uh, I, I have had an interesting uh, couple of weeks of, of, you know, uh, slowly becoming more and more radicalized from my, (laughs) from my home. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 it's funny. Uh, I did our friends, uh, show yesterday. Uh, we have to Mm -hmm. ask, uh, Oh, fun. Yeah. And, um, they, I said on their show, uh, which I like just that the one thing that I would encourage people if, if you <laughs> feel like listening to me, which you shouldn't, but, uh, just, I encourage people to, uh, to read as much as possible to, to seek out, uh, different voices to, uh, you know, social media can often be a hellscape, but can also be very helpful in terms of real time information. Like I, I felt like I was seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter uh, that was not necessarily what was being reported, which is something that like really hit me when the Baltimore stuff happened of like, I feel like that was kind of eye opening for me, uh, living, uh, and I, I'm a fraud. I lived in Baltimore County, but like still, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I did improv in Baltimore in the city. I would hang out with you in the city. So I was, I was Baltimore city adjacent, but still, sure, sure, still like sure. doing improv shows while, you know, there were curfews and, you know, militarized vehicles right. driving down the streets. And, uh, so, you know, I was adjacent to all of that, uh, obviously, but, um, you know, that was kind of eye-opening for me in terms of uh, when those protests happened in, in 2015, like what I was seeing with my eyes versus mm. uh, what I was hearing was happening <laughs> from people who didn't live in Baltimore and were reporting it nationally. And so I felt like I saw more of that this time. And like, uh, I I want to say the coverage has been better, but still not great. And still there is a weird hesitation for the media to really not ever use uh the you know just to say like a cop uh you know threw a can of tear gas at a protester or a cop shoved an old man to the ground like they right. they really contort themselves to write headlines that are like old man fell to the ground in confrontation uh, with cops you know <laughs> like like where they're just you know the amount of extra words used to not write it anyway no it's true but yeah yeah i mean we, we live it i <clears throat> i think what got us here was we live in an age where everyone has a um a camera in their pocket and that camera um, films things that go directly into the world for everyone to see. So <clears throat> you you need those headlines less so you can just see it with your own eyes. That, yeah. Like people for, are fighting for some shit and people are getting fucked up by some shit. Like it's just the whole thing is jacked up and you just like it. This should have been, you know, run up the proverbial flagpole so many times before yeah and it does it really it it really does seem like this is a make or break time you know let's yeah let's get it up there and fix this shit on a higher level so then it will come down and we will we will all feel safe again yeah and i i think you nailed it that like the the difference in obviously you're not the first person to say this but like is the fact that people have cameras in their pocket easily now you know like in previous times in history like you know you had to be you know like happened to have a camcorder or it was before camcorders and you like you weren't able to capture this stuff now it's a lot easier like we're seeing more of it presumably because you're able to capture it but like this is the stuff that was happening all the time it's just before you know 
it was real easy for the cops to be like, oh, well, this is what happened. And I'm the only account that's on record. So, right, 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 right. Because uh, right, right. you can see like that some of that's <laughs> happening now, like with the protests and with uh, George Floyd and, and everything where they will say what happened. And then you're like, I'm looking at this video like you're telling me what happened and that doesn't match what I'm seeing. Right. Uh, so all of that to say, uh, you know, protest if you, uh, you know, feel compelled to. I'm proud of everyone who's protesting. Uh, you know, that sound like alternative lyrics to the safety dance. Yeah, yeah. You can protest, protest if you want to. Feel compelled to. Don't leave your sign behind. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, all of that, uh, do, you know, donate if you can read yeah. as much as you can, you know, question everything. I say that at the end of the show, do that yeah, for no, real. question everything and stand yeah. up for what you believe. We certainly, yeah. we certainly encourage that here on this very important podcast. It's a very video. important podcast. And I do want to take a moment, like just to focus on, uh, the change that is happening and maybe to kind of set the tone for the rest of the show. I think this is important. Uh, to reflect the moment that we're in, you saw it, a lot of corporations release statements, including uh, the Washington football team that has a racist name. They released a statement against racism. Sure mm -hmm. uh, so that was interesting. All the other NFL teams that uh, kicked Colin Kaepernick out also released statements about <laughs> Drew Brees had a pretty crazy 48 hours. of Jesus <laughs> uh, So all of that, but I thought the craziest one, and I don't know if you saw this, uh, was that uh, Charlton Heston, who is dead. He's uh, really dead. He's really dead. He actually came back to life and has had oh. a major change of heart in his beliefs. Uh -huh. And so I thought like, if you didn't mind, I would just want to play the words of, of Charlton Heston, who has clearly been changed by these last few weeks. I got my 12-gauge sawed off. I got my headlights turned off. I'm about to bust some shots off. I'm about to dust some cops off. I got my brain on hype. Tonight will be your night. Die, 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 pig, die. The police. I know your family's grieving. Them. Yeah. Damn. That's where Charlton Heston is at now. Damn. <laughs> Heston spitting mad rhymes, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Holy hell, if That's we can change at. his mind. <laughs> I didn't think it was possible. I thought you had to pry his outdated opinions out of his cold, dead hand. No, no, <laughs> not if those opinions involve guns. He yeah. loves, he's going to spit yeah. rhymes about guns. Of course he is. Yeah, no, and I mean, that was fire. Like, I think we can all agree to that. Jeez, hold on, let me apply this burn cream real quick. <laughs> but yeah, so so listen to Charlton Heston, who very clearly says, fuck the police. Like, what the, what's, sorry. What the fuck was that? <laughs> no, so I have to give all the credit in the world to Molly. I was not aware <laughs> that apparently when Ice T released Cop Killer, oh, like dude. Charlton Heston was very against it, but like his way of showing that he was against it was just reading the lyrics. Oh, just reading the lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> so we got that amazing, like. <laughs> Because at the time, he didn't know that the internet was going to be a thing. <laughs> and that the and internet that, is undefeated. And, it and was... that someone has definitely mixed that in with the original beat. And that's probably going <laughs> to be re-released as an LP. <laughs> oh, man. I've, if that doesn't exist, it will by the time the show ends. That's how the internet... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those far reaches. You know what? Speaking of old... You know what? Since we're there. <clears throat> um, so... Uh, my wife and myself, sometimes on the weekend, 
we'll just get a little silly um, <laughs> uh, here at home on the sofa. Just feel a little silly. And we'll put on a channel that just plays like old um, old music videos from the 80s. Because like I think the music video is, isn't a completely lost art form. But, you know, the 80s, the... the the nineties just crank them out. You just like, even if this song won't be a single, just make a video for yeah. it, whatever. It's hilarious. It's awesome. So, um, get out of my dreams comes on. <laughs> it starts and, um, by Billy ocean and the video starts. I don't, I won't set the stage for you. It doesn't matter. It's on a sound stage. That's meant to look like a street. It doesn't matter. Um, this cool car pulls up. It looks to be, if I had to guess, it was like a, like a 65 Malibu. If I have to guess cool, like cherry red top down. And, um, this very, uh, this very dapper African-American gentleman starts singing the lyrics. And I said, well, who is that? And my lovely wife tells me that's Billy Ocean. And I say, Billy Ocean is black. But didn't know. Didn't know. I didn't know. I'm sorry. I <laughs> know. I I must have been like six years old when that song came out. I've never known a life without knowing that that's a song and those are the lyrics to that song. I don't know why I missed it, but I discovered about a week ago here in 2020 that that Billy Ocean is black. I think, again, that that ties into what we've been saying. These are uh, crazy times that we're living in. You know, <laughs> crazy change, times. Change is possible. <laughs> and, yeah, and then race relations are confusing. Oh, man. I um, <laughs> By the way, I uh, Molly actually sent me breaking news uh, while... Uh -huh. While we were recording the show. Uh, okay. So I'm reading this while like, you know, I'm kind of I'm learning this as you're learning this. But I do think it's worth examining this article. That's it. So the headline on um, this is from the Hard Times, uh, which if people don't know, the Hard Times is a satire site um, similar yes. to the Onion and Reductress. They're, they're that sure. kind of uh, so they, they write fake stories that are funny. Um, but so they have an article Howard Stern believed a hard time story about the village people kicking out the cop. What? Uh, yeah. So there was a hard times article that said village people kick out police officer. Uh, and apparently, uh, so the, <laughs> the hard times founder, uh, Matt Saincombe, um, he also apparently, so he got like, an email from someone claiming to be the PR rep for the village people demanding that the completely false story be deleted and informing him that nobody can kick the cop out of the village people because he's the owner of village people. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, but so they threatened legal action. <laughs> Apparently he responded to them. You will rue the day you began this lifelong blood feud. <laughs> Who said that? This is uh, Matt Saincomb, who's like the guy who runs the uh, hard times. Uh, oh, my God. But apparently toward the end of Howard Stern's show yesterday, co-host Robin Quivers asked, did you know the village people fired the police officer? <laughs> and uh, so uh, he responded, Howard Stern responded to this by saying, I don't like that. I don't know that much about it, but it is wrong. <laughs> And apparently they had a whole conversation 
about I hope I man I really hope he was doing a bit. He's probably going to claim he's doing a bit anyway, but good lord, don't be don't become just another cantankerous old man, Howard Stern. Was well, it says in this article it says the two go back and forth about the non-existent incident for a few minutes before a staffer enters the room to tell them I'm pretty sure the story is fake. It's from a satirical news website. Christ almighty. <laughs> That's so oh, stupid. Yeah. Uh <laughs> So there you go. I mean, so, you know, look for, <laughs> as Mr. Rogers said, look for the ridiculous shit when you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think that's a good uh, place to to talk about. Uh, I did kind of want to talk about. So what really has happened. So, so in case you're keeping track at home, the village people have not fired uh, the cop. He owns them. I don't know what that means. But yeah, uh, but. Real things that have happened are that the television show Cops has been canceled. Uh, And then what is the other show? The one that is just Cops but has a different name? Live PD. Live PD. They they haven't they haven't officially canceled it yet, but they they did pull it off the air and A&E is deciding what the hell to do with it. Yeah, which I don't know about you, but I'm I'm holding my breath. Until until yeah, they decide yeah. to find out what arts and entertainment is doing with their <laughs> three hour television show live PD. Have you ever seen? I've never seen live PD. I know that it exists. I know what it is, but I have yeah. never watched it. Yeah, me, me either. I know about it because This American Life talked about it once. Oh no, shit! <laughs> so you know, I was like <clears throat> sipping my chai latte, and uh, oh boy, it, it definitely you were definitely stirring it with a cinnamon stick. I mean, how else would you do it? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but I, I thought that like that might be a good, maybe something that uh, is a bit more in our wheelhouse to discuss is, uh, you know, that, that's a conversation that's sort of been renewed uh, now that's being talked about. I saw that um, the cast of Brooklyn Nine Nine uh, has donated a hundred thousand um, dollars, and that there there's a lot of. I think the best call that I saw on Twitter was someone said that like the new season they should just work in a post office with no explanation. Oh, but but like yeah, it's a fair question, and I think it's especially a fair question because um, you know as people have talked about defunding the police, which again like we're not uh, trying to focus too much on this stuff, but uh, I one thing I've learned in this past week is like apparently all the money goes to the police. <laughs> Like it's a lot. Those city it's, budgets. It's a the yeah. Thing I took from those city budgets is that they don't give any money to education. What the hell is that about? No, the, no money goes to education. Uh, mm-hmm. As as everyone before me has already said, you know, I mean, we we live in a world where like the you know our hospital staffs are like wearing garbage bags, but like apparently, yeah, just millions upon millions of dollars just going uh to the budget if you want to learn more about it by the way i highly recommend as entertainment finding any of those youtube clips of uh people from los angeles participating (laughs) in those the the best one being the uh uh you can all suck my dick. I yield the rest of my time. Fuck yeah. you, guy. Uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of great ones in there. So if you, it's best like uh, Zoom, you know, meeting that's ever happened. <laughs> like, yeah, that for really, like that really to discuss a city's budget, you know, appropriations. <laughs> but uh, uh, definitely find those clips. But anyway, so um, you know that that kind of like Brooklyn Nine Nine, like and other 
other people who have played cops on TV are like, I think it was actually started. A, the first one I saw was a guy who uh, had written for Monk, like donated some money. And it's just sort of people who have played cops uh, or written about cops or, or done those types of shows. Just kind of taking the time to to donate money and maybe to question a little bit. Uh, and But I say that too because like a lot of the conversations with people when they talk about defunding the police and and something that I think I'm probably guilty of and that we're all a little guilty of is like it is fair that our perceptions of the police are very much shaped by the version of the police that exists in our heads because of television yeah television and movies had have um <clears throat> have shaped our opinions of uh of law enforcement but more importantly the law you know, like we, we think so many things are true about um, police and the way they enforce their law based on that. Like we, how, you know, how old were you when you finally realized, wait, they don't have to tell you they're a cop if they're undercover. That sounds like horseshit to me. Like, yeah. But the, up until that point, oh no, it's entrapment if you don't tell them you're a cop if they ask. That you is know, the weirdest myth that has permeated. Like, <laughs> I don't even know who fucking started that nonsense. I actually think the best payoff of that, uh, which I did watch recently because I rewatched all of Breaking Bad uh, during quarantine time, is like the scene in uh, Breaking Bad where that's how they get Badger is the cop is the one who tells him, you know that if I'm a cop, if you ask me, then I have uh -huh. to tell you. And then he believes that and then tries to sell him drugs and then is arrested by that cop. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> yeah. But it's literally he's told that myth by the guy who is the cop. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a lot of like, because I saw it too. And, you know, uh, this is a interesting question. Because so like when people talk about uh, defunding the police, which again, like look at how much money they get if you're trying to decide on that mm. one or not. But, uh, you know, there were people like rushed to that. Well, like, what will you do in these situations and blah, blah, blah. And it's a fair question to ask, like, and not to say that cops never help people or that cops don't do good, but it, it is like. One of the things I saw that was a question is like, what, like, do you actually have personal interactions like with the cops that, uh, you know, are like, oh, well, you know what they did for like, do people actually have that? Or do they just think that, like, do you actually have anecdotes that are like, man, the cops are great because they did this for me? Or do you just like go yeah, like, sure. well, I watched a lot of Law and Order. And I, it was funny because like, uh. I don't really have, uh, bad interactions uh with cops because i'm uh, a white male then the world is my oyster uh but uh, and you also follow all those laws that yeah that too no Nerd. i i literally uh literally uh once in uh fell's point drove the wrong way down a one-way street uh at in the middle of the night and oh, like shit. a saturday night and was pulled over by a cop and basically just went like oopsie doopsie and like yeah, and yeah. he let me go because i also was not drinking like i had not had any right. alcohol but i did just like go the wrong way down on one-way street and he basically was very upset when he first pulled me over but then was like oh yeah whatever like i don't care anymore i'm not gonna right, right. what do you shit up. give me your license murphy all right well get the <laughs> fuck out of the car <laughs> uh but yeah so i definitely had that interaction but uh it was funny because i was i was trying to think about it uh, and like, I was remembering that like my only other like thing that comes to mind, like in Baltimore, uh, with the cops was when 
uh, I went to a show. I covered it. It was actually Loudon Wainwright. Um, uh-huh. I got to interview him before the show, and I, I covered that for the, the site. And when I came out, my car was not on the street anymore. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and I, I didn't know what happened, and I thought, you know, that perhaps it had gotten stolen. Uh, so I reported it as such and, like, uh, then found out because I posted about it on social media uh, there's someone else who lived in Baltimore uh, who I believe, I don't remember exactly who it was. I want to say it was someone from like the Thunder Grunt uh, bros community, <laughs> like okay. uh, saw it and was like, you should check under this bridge because uh, the the cops probably towed it because it's a snow, like it didn't snow, but it was a snow emergency lane and they right, were calling right, right. for snow. They, yeah, they can indiscriminately just move your car. So they just moved my car to a different location and didn't tell me. Uh, right. So then I went there the next day, and that was where my car was. But then I had to call the police so that I could unreport my car stolen. Right. <laughs> so they basically created like 24 hours of a pointless labyrinth for me to get my car back. Did they now? I remember that happening. I don't remember the the way. I don't remember it going down that way. Oh, how do you remember it? I remember you saying, posting on Facebook, I my car got towed. I don't know where it ended up. And then I remember driving down to this in, impound lot that was close to me and finding your car. Oh, did you find sending it? You, sending you pictures of the car and saying, this is where your car is. <laughs> Well, I remembered you as a guy from Bros. I don't know why I okay. I erased your. It was well, you. Well, how fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! So it was. I remembered. Hey, look! I remembered someone on social media found my car. <laughs> it's me, Jesus Christ, man! Here's the thing, too. Okay, this this is God damn. Because I've been listening to um, yours and Andy's podcast, um, the uh, Silver Linings Playback. That is it. That is it. I've been listening to it, and it's a fun show. Um, and your first three episodes were the um, uh, Star Wars uh, prequels. They, they were they were Star Wars prequels. And I remember you're you're watching um, you're watching Attack of the Clones, and you had you had this question. Um, I know I know Owen and Beru are there, but like like are they Skywalkers? What's even their last name? <laughs> That's not. I that's not exactly how that went down. I drove okay. down and I took photos. <laughs> <laughs> your last no. name is Lars. No, I, I went down there to find your car. I took pictures and said, "Here's where your goddamn car is." So I, I knew it was your car because there was a pop vinyl of Jon Snow in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Now that you're saying all that, I do remember all that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but there was anyway. There was anyways, someone... you're you're welcome. Yeah, no, fuckhead. thank you. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. Uh, no, of course, of course. And it it's was always, hey, no, look, no skin it's, off my back. it's always nice to meet a fan of uh, Silver Linings Playback. We really it's, appreciate it's it. A, that's a fun show. I like that show. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, didn't I talk about you on the, the Phantom Menace one? I'm pretty sure. Full disclosure, didn't listen to that one. What? I started, at, I started at Attack of the Clones and then went forward. I'll go back and listen to that first oh. one. I started at Attack of the Clones because that's the worst, the worst one. one. And, I, yeah. and I wanted to hear you try to find something. I Didn't we? It was uh, spoilers, I guess. But wasn't it just the purple lightsaber? Isn't that pretty much like what I we... think, yeah. So, yeah. So, this is a show where you watch a, a movie that you know is as seen as crappy and you try to find something good about it. I think you said... The purple lightsaber <clears throat> and the cartoon series. 
yeah. were really really the only two things you glommed onto that you well, they, that you could take away from. I defy you to find another thing about it that's good. That movie is so <laughs> bad. It's the it's worst bad. Star Wars movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know how I feel about Rise of Skywalker, which is my second least favorite. Yeah, every Sorry. that seems to be everyone's <laughs> conflict. It wasn't as bad as Attack of the Clones, but man, <laughs> oh man, was it not good? Yeah. So, uh, anyway, where I don't we I I that's so fun. Like, I'm genuinely fascinated about the fact that my brain forgot your part in that story. Maybe that explains a lot about our friendship. <laughs> yes, <laughs> man. Yes. You know what's fun about that show, cops. You know, my fondest memories of the show Cops that aired on Fox for a long time. It was like 33 years, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Is that uh, it was a it was the perfect um, it was like the perfect pre party television show. Like it came on um, uh, Saturday nights at like eight. They probably had another one at nine. I swear at some point it was like Friday and Saturday nights at like eight and nine o'clock, and you could just like hang around and get like amped up for a party and just like have drinks and laugh at cops because that's a hilarious show. <laughs> well, it's a hilarious show. That was the problem though. <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> I did see people saying like, you know, when we were saying like, you know, like cancel cops, this is not <laughs> what we meant. No, this is not what we meant. We still, yes, we, we still want to see like, like idiots who are definitely completely drunk, if not drunk and on drugs, be like, I'm fine. <laughs> I I will say, like, I never watched a lot of cops, but uh, the theme song slaps. Like, I think that. like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, a banger. Yeah. Which honestly was then borrowed by, uh, you know, if we're going to discuss what is good and what is bad in pop culture, the the finest most important work to feature uh, police officers in films and movies is still Bad Boys Two. I think that's the oh, yeah. that's the pinnacle. Like, yeah, I think that's the gold standard. It's the gold standard. Uh, and yeah, like I, <laughs> I mostly think it, when I think of cops, I think of the the two of them. Uh, you know, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith just singing uh, the theme song, <laughs> and Martin Lawrence famously throughout those movies, never learning the words, never learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. That is good. I see that. But yeah, I, well, so I guess like, do you think there will be, uh, a change? Like, do you think Hollywood will approach things differently? Like it's such, I think it's like, it's one of those things because, like, I have been thinking about this. And, like, honestly, like, the biggest, you know, monolith I think that comes to mind is uh, Law and Order. Like, that's just, mm -hmm. like, uh, and it's, I think the reason that, uh, especially for that show, but for a lot, like, the reason that I think the default on, uh, especially network TV, is to just make people cops is, like, I don't think it's out of some... Uh, like, I don't think that Hollywood necessarily loves cops. I think it's just laziness. Like, I think it's really easy, like narratively to do a show about yeah. cops because it's like, well, we got a case and then we yeah. investigate that case. And then the end of the story is that we arrested the person and we solved it. Yeah. Because it's, you have to go through such, um, such 
procedural shit. That's why that's why I think the original Law and Order was such a groundbreaking show because it was procedural. It was yeah. there was a crime committed and we talked to some people about it. We have um we have a suspect um and we would like to go you know, search their domicile. And then you actually see the procedure of talking to the DA, trying to figure out how they're going to get a warrant. Well, we, I, there's no way you're going to get a warrant on that. And then you take it to the judge. The judge, I'm not signing this warrant because you don't have enough evidence. This is circumstantial and all this crap to go through it. And somehow they made that entertaining. Honestly, it was probably entertaining because we had never seen it before. Yeah. It was just a bunch of guys busting some skulls. And now this comes along and, you know, fucking Lenny Briscoe says, we know he did it. Like, we just need to, to be able to search his apartment to find the murder weapon. Well, you don't have enough evidence, detective. Why don't you come back here when you're... <laughs> and that was that was fun to watch. And I think I even talked on, on the show about how um, Law & Order SVU is a fun show. It was more fun before. And I talked about when it went off the rails of, like... They just do whatever. Like they decide, they decide who did it, and then they do whatever, and then that person goes to jail. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like that. Wasn't that's not even how the world works. But also, we came to watch a police procedural. However, however uh, monotonous it is, that's what we were here to watch. Yeah, and I I think that the, like the 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 problem is the deal is that uh I mean the shows are entertaining I understand why the formula works but I think where it breaks down that is uh the the question that you know is not like that Law and Order is not really going to examine is like yeah okay so you you think this person did it and you want to get the uh the warrant and you want to break them at, by any means possible or whatever and it's like that is entertaining and we're on your side if you're right but but like you can't guarantee that and so like that's i think where the problems arise is we sort of like continually like our uh you know our movies and our tv like i mean there's so many diplomatic immunity like you can think about like that's almost like a trope in movies of like this guy can't be caught like every time we've gotten close he's lawyered up and then he sued the city (laughs) and so like that actually is i love bad boys too that's literally what the thing is in bad boys too is that Uh the guy keeps suing the city every time uh they try to get him so they end up uh leaving american soil and uh like you know yeah. chasing him down like leaving miami to go is it it's cuba, cuba right cuba. yeah they, they went, go to they cuba, cuba yeah uh and like hunt him down <laughs> because michael bay has never uh you know not taken a chance to just include special force military guys in all of his movies no 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 it's two renegade cops Played by their own rules. And they team up with the U.S. military to do a secret mission in Cuba. But anyway. Yes. That uh, is a, look, that, that, mo- that movie is really quotable. I think the one that I use almost on a daily basis. So the, the drug guy has all this cash stored in his house and the rats are eating it. <laughs> and he says... This is a stupid fucking problem to have, yeah. But it is a problem nonetheless. I pro- if I use that weekly for sure, if yeah. not almost daily. <laughs> <laughs> and I will just say, and, and maybe you disagree, but for my money, the finest uh, cinematography of two rats fucking 
that I've ever oh, seen man. in a movie. It's so beautifully I that shot. that was in there. That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> God, I'll be damned if I didn't laugh at it, but it is so <laughs> That whole movie is terrible. Bay? That movie is terrible and like, it's just, <laughs> oh man. But, the devil is not welcome here. <laughs> No, it's, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta watch it though. You gotta watch it. But to your point, yeah, I think we've all become, we've all become more aware of what our rights are and what can legally be asked of us and what it is legal for the authorities, um, to do. And so, yeah, these, these, like, I don't think they'll be viewed as problematic, but things about like renegade cops and when, and um, when you see officers um, conduct search and seizure without a warrant and sh- shit like that, we're going to know that now. Like yeah. audi- audi- audiences are getting smarter as the population gets smarter. So like you see someone do something and you just think, ah, man, the paperwork or um, they'll never they're never going to keep him in custody because they arrested him illegally. Like there was there was no warrant. They didn't tell him the charge like shit like that. We think about that crap now because we've had to become more aware of our rights. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, and that's the thing, too. I guarantee I only know what Miranda rights are like because of television. Like I've never witnessed. <laughs> well, I mean, like I'm saying in like when i was a kid like oh that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah like yeah. Right, where right, did right. you first learn about them it wasn't like school taught you like hey if you ever get no. arrested like they have to read you your rights or like yeah. and this is what they are like you learn about it because you see it in a million cop shows you know like right um no it's just that is like it's it's an interesting thing and it's um you know like it's something that i really honestly struggle with to to really uh, because at times I do like, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, movies and TV that exist as just like, this is a thing that I watch to turn my brain off or like, I just want to watch something, uh, fun or whatever. But like, I, you know, the messaging, like it, I think I simultaneously, like I get kind of defensive because you and I grew up in an era when, uh, they didn't want to. F- solve school shootings so they just said that right. marilyn manson was to blame yeah yep. <laughs> marilyn manson and trench coats yeah so and then like also video games so like i i'm always defensive to be too like you know i i don't think like that that this stuff like brainwashes us and i don't think that it no. you know but it does have an impact and it does have the ability to normalize things or to get you to uh, not question things or like change your right. perception. I one thing that stands out that I remember, um, is that I remember watching stuff about uh, and don't ask me why, uh, the making of uh, Live Free or Die Hard. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, but they were talking in his. I believe that's Lynn Weissman who directed that, if I remember okay. correctly. But they were talking about how the this F- is the one with Tim Oliphant. Yeah, with Tim Oliphant. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. It's it's watchable. It's it's yeah. not as good it's, as one or watchable. three. It's not as good as one or three, but if you needed to watch another Die Hard movie, it's definitely the one to choose over two or uh there's only one other one after that that is completely unwatchable. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Fuck. Five is not watchable. I fell asleep Oof. during that movie. <laughs> Christ almighty. Uh but anyway. Uh, they were talking about, because there's FBI guys, uh, and they, they have like a command center and they were talking about how, when they were making it, that the FBI was very gracious 
to show them their offices, like to let them in so they could see them because it was like set in D.C. And, you know, so it was like these are the FBI offices and uh, they had that like as, you know, like as a director, like I want to make this like I want to show the real stuff. I don't know why in this Die Hard movie where a like fighter jet like tries to take him out and he beats it with a truck. But for some reason, he wanted Mm -hmm. the FBI parts to look like they looked. But what he said was. They they let us do a tour. We were able to see the offices. Uh, and basically, it was a bunch of boring cubicles. So then we went, okay, well, we can't do that in our movie. So we made it this, like, crazy, you know, command center with, like, screens right. and all this technology. And it's like, you know, there is some level of that going on with the police of, like, it's probably boring to act. And they're probably less, you know. But, like, what we want to see is the, you know, like... Hollywood's desire to make it interesting probably makes them look way more <laughs> capable. Like, you know what I mean? It's almost like building up this mythology of like what the actual FBI offices or actual police offices look like or nothing like what they're once in movies look like. Cause that would be boring. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. We're not, yeah, we're not, we're not supermen. We're, we're working schmucks for the most part. Like I, I got, I got a bunch of bullshit from my boss to do today. I have to sit in this goddamn cubicle. They also don't, I mean, the biggest like myth that I think we create is the idea that cops are like solving a case a week or that there's even like a high, I mean, if, and if anyone, if you've ever had your car broken into or something like that, like, which are probably like most of what they deal with or like things about that level, they take a report for your insurance and then that's it they're not like like lenny briscoe is not like no hitting up corners to find out what happened to your car i'm dropping everything to 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 find your 98 corolla yeah Yeah, that's what i'm gonna do honestly the most realistic depiction of cops in any movie is probably the big lebowski where they just openly laugh at him when he asks if they have leads for who stole his car (laughs) no we got other we got other shit to do also we're gonna take a report we're actually gonna keep the report and um you know if we if we catch a guy in the process of stealing a car and we can link him to the theft of your car and maybe we can find your car we'll let you know but other than that we just fought, filed the goddamn report cars get stolen what do you want from me yeah but that is that's a lot of what policing actually is like yeah, and even, it's a lot of like most of it fucking sucks yeah, it's a lot of paperwork if and not 100 percent of... <laughs> of it sucks yeah i mean i don't want to do it for sure no <laughs> yeah uh and it's interesting though too like in you know and i do think we should question stuff and i think we should be looking at uh what what we're putting you know what hollywood is putting out there but the one that i did get uh protective of was i did see a conversation and i think they were writers from i want to say it was slate um but there were two writers that actually they were already doing a rewatch of the wire but then they kind of like were like, well, now they were watching it in light of like what's happening. Uh, you know, they were kind of pushing back. And it was interesting because uh, it was actually the uh, actor who plays Bunk. Is it uh, Wendell Pierce? There you go. You yeah. nailed it right on the head. Uh, but he actually like responded, uh, which if I'll see if I can find it because I'm, I don't know why I'm going to try to paraphrase what he said. Mm. Uh, very well but like he kind of got mad at them for uh pushing back about like or for like because like and that's not to say that you know obviously the wire is not beyond 
criticism, you know, and the, but like, yeah, no, I think there's a lot of it for sure. There's a lot of by a man who was in bed with that particular police department for quite some time. But I think they did do a good job of looking at a lot of problems within the police department. And I definitely like I think if you watch that show, the overall thesis of it, as as I read it, was like the government is broken. And like, yeah, no, 100%, the systems are not 100%. working, like including yeah, yeah, the police, yeah. you know, like I think it from, does, from the top down everywhere in between. It's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like the it's just failing you pretty much. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. And, and everyone working in the system knows it. They all know it's fucked. It's like yeah. we're, we're still trying to do it. Some of them care. Some of them don't care. Some are actively fighting against it. But mm. it, but in the long run, it's just until they fix the actual system, we're all here just spinning our wheels trying to make sure everything doesn't burn to the ground. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry. It was the Hollywood Reporter uh, was the one. But so I found the tweet. Uh, and is so Wendell Pierce is saying, how can anyone watch The Wire and the dysfunction of the police and the war on drugs and say that we were uh, depicted as heroic? We demonstrated moral ambiguities and the pathology that leads to the abuses. Maybe you were reacting to how good people can be corrupted to do bad things. Uh, um, sorry. And then like I thought it, uh, he said, if the wire did anything right, it depicted the humanity of the black lives so easily profiled by police and the destruction of them by so-called war on drugs, a deliberate policy of mass incarceration to sustain a wealth disparity in America that thrives keeping an underclass. The Wire, if anything, was the canary in the mind that forecast the institutional moral morass of politics and policing that lead us to the protest of today. The bigger the lie, the more they believe was a line of mind that is so salient and profound in today's climate. The Wire is a deep dive study of the contributing variables that feed the violence in our culture in the streets at the hand of the police. Classism, racism, destruction of public education and moral ambiguity and our leadership all feed this paradigm of American decline. I know I sound defensive and I probably am. The Wire is personal for me. The Wire is also art. The role of art is to ignite the public discourse. Art is where we come together as a community to confront who we are as a society, decide what our values are and then act on them. Uh, and he said, then the critique here is that the television seems to follow behind the current events of the day. I would ask that you consider that maybe the wire was a precursor to the discussion that is mandatory. Now it was an indicator, a warning light of the implosion we are feeling today. Now, I mean, he's a guy that was you on can, the show. You can, you, you can, you can have any opinion you want on what's happening today. If you'd like, um, but as far I don't know what what someone said to to warrant Wendell Pierce's remarks right there, but if that isn't the perfect description of the wire, yeah. I don't know what is, man. I mean, that really does lay it all out flat. Like there are no, there aren't there aren't even any really heroes or villains in the show. No, and and I think the show I, I think it realized at some point that it had a Jimmy McNulty problem. <laughs> Which was that, like, people really were celebrating McNulty too much. And I think the later seasons of the show are more committed to be like, no, he, no, if you're getting that, he's a good guy. Like, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, it's, um, 
Man, that was that was really eloquent and well thought out. No, that's why I was like, I, I had a it, moment where I was about to try to recap it, and I was like, why would I try to put yeah, that in my I'm own so words? I'm so glad you didn't try. <laughs> <laughs> no, like he said this perfectly, so let me. No, he really did because yeah. he wasn't he wasn't villainizing um, the police at all, nor was he. Um, nor was he villainizing the people that that they were trying to police, and he didn't even. Um, talk about any sort of war in between them because it wasn't. It's it, it was when they were when you're talking about the people that exist in the show The Wire, um, and you're talking about the the group of people that are um, living in the community and the police department. They really were just trying to coexist. And when I'm talking about the people in the community, I'm talking about the drug dealers as well. They just wanted to coexist. Like yeah. let us let us do what we do, and you do what we do. And, uh, and you do what you do, and then let, let's hope that this doesn't break out into some shit we can't recover from. Well, and and it's, that's, it's really been that for a long time. Well, it is interesting because, yeah, I, I think that, like, The Wire does a really good job of examining, you know, what are the problems? Like, what is going wrong with modern policing? And season three in particular is all about, like bunny colvin essentially going like there's got to be like a different way to do this like we're not like we're busting drug dealers and it's not doing anything so and what what i do think is interesting is that so season three is where he creates uh hamsterdam which is where uh he basically just gives up a part of baltimore to be like Uh we're not if we push all the drug dealers here we're not yeah. going to enforce the law. We're essentially not going to. Overall. And when you say a part of Baltimore, it was like a couple of blocks. Yeah. You can sell and do drugs freely. But what was interesting, which I thought was actually is a good precursor to like these conversations that are now happening about because like when people talk about defunding the police, they're saying like and use those resources to like give money to other social services that don't get funding because all the money is going to the police. And I think what that did was like, it looked at like sort of that part of like, what if the police just became hands off in this area? But I do think what it found was like, okay, like we are reducing violence. Like we're, you know, solving some problems, but also like we're creating an area where just like people are allowed to use drugs. Like there's, you know, we need to start thinking about like, clean needles and like what kind like they essentially realize like we're creating a health concern like we're creating like a very and they start thinking about like the other thing so it's like that is kind of what the discussion is at now of like okay well so like if you stop the policing what do you do in place of that in situations of like you know where you need social help or like you need you know so like what resources are you offering to people like if you're not just trying to criminalize drug use what are you doing about drug use like what are you no totally yeah, yeah. It, it seems to be you want <clears throat> you want to put more resources into creating um uh, cre- creating create creating solutions for the symptoms and not trying to stop yeah. the virus yeah and it's know? and i mean the wire was just five seasons of explaining why all anyone is interested in is the symptoms because it's the easiest all, part to yeah, do. That's what keeps the wheels turning. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, the, you know, I guess, I guess spoiler alert, you don't need to know this because I, I can, 
if you want to know spoilers for The Wire, I can tell you just from my day-to-day life that um, it is just a circle. Like, yeah. you, the, the same shit that, that was at the beginning is there at the end. It just, there's a new generation of the same old fucking problem. Which is literally how this show ends, by just going, like, here's, because season four is about the schools, and then season five is like, all those kids that went to the schools, here's the roles that they're going to be fulfilling yep. in, like, as the in next the generation. Yep. Like... You know, so anyway, yep, and, I, all, and all in all, in all the the police that have been fired or retired, they're fighting the the next people are going to be fighting the same old shit. And the guys who are near retirement, they're fighting the shit that they were at the very beginning. The whole the whole thing got jacked up. Oh man, I do love the one guy in season one who his friend uh, gets to retire because he's injured and he just thinks about falling down the steps. He stands at the top of those (laughs) steps, just thinking about throwing himself down, the old drunk bastard. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so I... I not that I thought we were going to solve it. I don't know how good of a conversation we had. I do love the wire. I don't think it's beyond uh, critique for sure. And I think we again question everything. I'm just going to keep saying yeah. that. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, it's weird. I'm I'm curious to see. Um, I'm curious to see what this does to our police procedurals. I don't think anything needs to happen to Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Brooklyn Nine Nine's like it's a it's an like a hug from your aunt. Yeah, I mean, I, like it just everything's fine. We're just here to tell jokes. Yeah, I'd be curious if they try to address this in any way or like, I don't know, like what they're going to do next season. They shouldn't. They don't address shit on that show. Yeah. It's fine. You're there to tell jokes and like everyone, everyone at the end of every episode gets along and everything's fine. Just do that. That's fine. It's a yeah. it's chicken pot pie. <laughs> what other like, do you think there are any other, uh, you know, shows or movies that have done like because obviously like i said i i really like the wire but i'm trying to think of like more nuanced portrayals and i don't know if i can really think of like any other ones that come to mind i mean you get stuff like you know uh better call saul obviously and breaking bad sort of like deal with uh the fact that mike ermintrout who's a guy that we like was you know left Mm -hmm. the police force because he was corrupt and the corruption got his son killed who was a you know cop who wasn't you know so like you get stuff like that like you get your your cable dramas that you know uh whatever the fuck the shield was like that was a thing that existed for a a lot of corruption honestly um hot fuzz is a good example of a guy a guy who does his job very well and he does it by the goddamn book that's true yeah hot fuzz like that is and he he's been he was hated in london and in a small town because he did shit by the book and he did all his they they did more than one hardcore montage of of him doing paperwork (laughs) yeah (laughs) It's also fun because his partner is a guy who thinks that cops are are movie cops and like yeah. Uh-oh. Then he said no, like most of it's paperwork. Yeah. Like my my biggest weapon is my pad and paper because I write down what everyone says so I can refer to it later. That's that's I mean, true. I yeah. think that's a good example of. I mean, it's rid- it becomes ridiculous. Yeah. Well. Yeah. For um, sure. Yarp. <laughs> but I, th- I think that's what that's what most police will tell you. It's like we, you know, we respond to calls, we listen to people, we write it down, we file a goddamn report. That's that's what they do. That's yeah. what they do. And they're like they're they're they are also people. Like, I just want to say for Mr. Murphy and myself, we're not against people. We were are for all people. Ooh. Just we gotta we gotta we gotta. <laughs> 
some people got to fight right now, man. Yeah. I mean, I like there are, you know, it, changes need to happen. There's a lot of. Like, yeah. The whole thing is jacked up. Yeah. There's a the lot of institutional deep problems that I think like, you know, deep isn't even the word. It's just been there from the beginning. I was going to say, if we had America to do over again, I think there's yeah. some things they should have done differently. <laughs> I'm just like, there's some yeah, things yeah, yeah. like built into the programming, you know, yes. that like, I don't really know how to fix them, but they need to be addressed because they've never uh, been addressed. Um, and that's, that's the problem. Like we, yeah. we got, yeah. you know, we kept like pushing social responsibility further and further down and like never really <laughs> resolved things. No, to- yeah, straight up. And it's like, this doesn't need to get heavy. And I know yeah. it, like I, I get kind of dodgy about where I stand, but if there's one thing you can take from me with, with anything you can put together in a montage is that I, <laughs> I do not, I I will not just blindly follow the goddamn fucking government. Yeah, don't like, do it, that. It, there is always <laughs> it. It always has been. Maybe always will be. Um, uh, corrupt and dysfunctional, and mm. we are there to keep it in check. So we, as people, need to always keep that bullshit in check. Yeah, because the first chance, first chance they get, first chance they get, they'll turn on the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. Okay. Did you did you hear that swallow? That swallow was me swallowing like the rage and the rage yeah, yeah, yeah. about to go on. I was just thinking though too, like why like I I feel like we should give some praise to the Simpsons because I think that episode where Marge became a cop really nailed a lot of like what we're talking about. Oh really? I don't I remember the episode. I remember why she became a cop, but I don't remember she what quits happened because after there's too much she cr- became a cop. She, well, there's a counterfeit gene operation that uh, the one Going guy, on in his very own car hole. Yeah. Now I remember. Uh, but Marge catches the guy, and then uh, they can't prosecute him because Chief Wiggum says there's no evidence because all the cops are just They're wearing the They're all wearing jeans. the jeans. That's right, as she retires. Yeah. <laughs> and then they laugh at her and then say, sorry to see you go. <laughs> yeah. so there we go a kind of a gene ring happening in my very own car hole <laughs> after this case and the next case there's only two more cases <laughs> yep all right so there we we did it we did yeah. it buddy yeah everybody fight the powers fight the powers that be yeah no for sure i mean and like maybe the we should close with the words of uh of charlton heston i got my 12 gauge sawed off i got my headlights turned off i'm about to bust some shots off i'm about to dust some cops off i got my brain on hype tonight will be your night die 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 pig die the police i know your family's grieving come the guy's got it he's got whatever it is he's got it (laughs) Oh man! So remember, question everything, and remember that at best the government will be incompetent and not looking out for you. That is the best case scenario. Remember that best case scenario. <laughs> Cop killer. Oh
I got my 12-gauge sawed off. I got my headlights turned off. I'm about to bust some shots off. I'm about to dust some cops off. Cop killer. Cop killer. Cop killer. I know your family's grieving. Them. Cop killer. But tonight we get even. Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. In a world where people watch movies. I think I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes they don't like what they see. I don't like this movie. But sometimes they look for the silver lining. Wait a second. I like this part of this movie. Joel and Andy, do that work for you. The Silver Linings Playback. I like this part of this podcast where they tell me the part of the movie I like. Every Monday on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.